After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. described how successful the park was in turning itself into a Halloween attraction for the weekend. The article read, while it is true that Universal Studios is the competition, they do have a great product, although E.T. leaves something to be desired and can put on a great show. Suddenly, if only for a moment, Disney was starting to notice that their smaller competitor could achieve. Welcome, dear listener, to Halloween Hath Half, what's it called? <laughs> hell Hath No Fury. Yeah, fucking hell. Hell Hath No Fury. Going forward, people, we are proud to be sponsored by the great Christopher Ripley. He has kindly given us permission to uh, use his book as our Bibles going forward. Yeah. And we are going to start with the Fright Nights. Um, first opening night of, of, of that's the first year, sorry. And basically... Every other podcast can do this better than us. Yeah. So but we're just doing it because we like it. We're doing it because we like it. We're also doing it from a slightly different angle. So we're yeah. going to pick a film from each um, event that is going to be, we're going to watch, do a deep dive on the film and do comments. So, yeah, and with this this one, it was kind of difficult because they didn't really use any IP the first year. Yeah. So we had to do a bit of a dive into into Chris's book. Um, and th- this one kind of worked out quite well with what happened with this year's... This character was meant to be at this year's Halloween Horror Nights, yeah. but was at... The original Fright Nights. He was a, a meet and greet, and I think there was some kind of show that he took part in as well. Yeah, well, I've got um, I've got excerpts of Chris's book here. Um, we'll tell you who it was. The film we we've watched, uh, as Paul is uh, hinting there, he was going to be a major player in this year's event. Rightly so. Yeah. Um, we don't want to say his name three times. 
in case he dry bums you. There's, there's only two of us, so if we say it twice, we're fine. Oh, yeah, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. So, Beetlejuice from the, from, <laughs> from the popular 1988 Michael Keaton movie made the rounds and actually starred in two of the night shows. It was perfectly choreographed to ensure no crossover was seen for the made-up actor who played as the park's official Beetlejuice. The movie, which was a massive hit draw after a reportedly 73 million at the box office starring Michael Keaton in a popular role as the mad yet comical ghost who tries to aid the recently deceased Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis in scaring away the incumbents of their former home. Beetlejuice, who at the time was a part player in the daytime show with the Ghostbusters and occasionally a Roman character, would have two shows per night with eight respective performances. That's a busy night, isn't it? Yeah. He was a big draw for the event, so much so that the following year, the lackluster show, A Tale of American Theatre, was completely repurposed and refurbished into Beetlejuice's own Rock and Roll Graveyard Review, which continued in its original format until 2002. Right. So... The first show of the night for old Beetlejuice was Beetlejuice's Graveyard Tours. The setting was the Bates Motel set from the movie Psycho 4, which had been dressed to represent a ghostly motel from the movies Netherworld. Had regular performances Jolette Jake and Elwood Blues, a.k.a. the Blues Brothers, the show had been written by friend of the uh, network, Ron Schneider, who was now employed by the park as a show director. He had moved over from Disney, where he had worked many roles. Though most fans would remember him fondly. Schneider, <laughs> 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 another, one, another one to call out on Figment. <laughs> Dreamfinder from Epcot's Imagination Pavilion. As the show begins, the brothers, eager to get a room for the night, see a sign off the old highway for available rooms. They pull up in the Bluesmobile, uh, where Mr. Psycho himself, Norman Bates, greets them. Norman instructs them that they must meet his host for the evening, and with that, Beetlejuice appears from the grave, leaping from an actual open trench. Oh, God. <laughs> a bit Actually, different to what they had him doing in, in the actual show once it once it got his permanent home. Well, could you imagine being that actor lying in an open grave in all that makeup? Yeah, as well. That must have been so claustrophobic. Just waiting for the shovel full of earth to drop on him. Together, <laughs> they would perform a number of song and dance routines, and then for the next um, show, up next for the ghost with the most was Beetlejuice Live open brackets dead in concert which ran every night for two performances backed by the cast of the daytime park show Ghostbusters Spooktacular. Ghostbusters was a runaway hit in the 80s with two fantastic movies and a cartoon series and it was the perfect outlet for the park. The nightly show was similar to a seasonal show held on the steps of the New York Public Library 
within the park called Street Busters. Street Busters would later be replaced in 2002 by Extreme Ghostbusters. The Great Fright Way, which itself would be replaced altogether in 2005. Uh, and lastly, the Beetlejuice Live Dead in Concert, however, would be a beefed up version of the former show extended with more tongue-in-cheek bad humour and less kid-friendly gags. An unsightly cabaret performance from our ghost host would begin the show. He would open by singing or screaming my favourite things from the movie The Sound of Music with the lyrics changed in best Beetlejuice fashion. Frogs in your oatmeal, dung in your sneakers, blackheads and whiteheads, squirts and leeches with moustaches, roaches with wings. These are a few of my favourite things. There you go. Craig's performance for the evening. Well, I can carry on going through the, the, the music set, but, you know, I'll, I'll leave it. Um, but that is the opening for the show. So uh, we sat down and watched Beetlejuice. We did. We um, did. We've got uh, a few facts for you before we, uh, we go through our thoughts on the film. Go on then. Um, so it was obviously directed by Tim Burton who would then go on to work with Michael Keaton again in Batman in 1989. Um, It had a budget of $15 million, which isn't bad for a probably only his second movie for Tim Burton. He'd done Pee Wee's before that. um, And then this came came straight after that. Um, It opened in the US to $8.03 million. So it didn't do too badly for its first Weekend, as you said, it did take seventy-three million in its original run. It's since taken another million dollars, and is up to seventy-four point two million now. <laughs> is that because um, of lockdown? Possibly, it might be. But um, yeah, it, it's jumped up. Um, so let's let's do some little trivia from IMDb. Yeah. Um, because there is some some great facts about this film. Let me just see if I can get them up. Where's it gone? There we go. So, um, <laughs> this is a good one. I like this. The studio originally wanted to call the film House Ghosts. <laughs> As a joke, Tim Burton suggested the name she- Scared she- uh, Sheetless um, and, was, <laughs> and was horrified when the studio actually considered it. Wow. Um, it says Michael Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me, yeah. No, um, and he is only in 14 and a half minutes of the film. You are absolutely <laughs> shitting me. No, uh, and another a weird fact, Beetlejuice was the first DVD that Netflix sent out in 1998 when it was a D- DVD deliverer. You're joking. Rather than being a streamer, no. <laughs> Some really weird facts. Yeah. Um, and then obviously... Um, there was talk of a sequel. Um, in 1990, Burton was working on scripts with, with various writers, um, and it was going to be called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Yeah. Um, Keaton, both Keaton and Winona Ryder agreed to come back, um, but suddenly Tim Burton got distracted with Batman Returns, oh. and it never got made. Um, it was one of those ones, there's, there's a 
a few stories like this that Burton was kind of given an ultimatum as to which film we could do. So in this case, Batman Returns took precedence and then obviously with, with Batman Forever, that was the, the third Batman film, he was given, we've talked about this before, he was given the um, option of doing that or doing Superman. Yeah. And he took Superman, which was canned on the day before they were due to film. So that's happened to Tim Burton a few times with Warner Brothers. You've got to, you've got to say, surely he's, he's got to stop working with Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, Bill and Ted's three. It's only 30 years later. Yeah, and Tim Burton still says every now and again that he's still trying to get something going. I think... I think um, the love for Bill and Ted's uh, when it left in, I want to say, 27, um, helped get that third film made, the outpouring yeah. the, on social media and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine there'd be a similar outpouring for this year's non-event with yeah. Beetlejuice. And may, just maybe, just maybe it might happen. Yeah. You know, I, I would hope it does at some point. Obviously, Michael Caton's come to the fore again. Well, he's um, he's relevant again, isn't he? Um, yeah. And he just turned 69. Has he? Amazing. And he still, he doesn't look much over 50. No, that shocked me that. I mean, he's relevant because of Spider-Man. He's relevant yeah. because um, he's going to be reprising his role as Batman. Yeah. Obviously know. won an Oscar not long ago. Yeah. So, let's let's get yeah, it. Made. It's, it, it's an obvious one, isn't it? Really, it's just, in the same way as you said, Bill and Ted. Keanu Reeves is relevant again. Yeah. With obviously John Wick, he's coming back to do the Matrix again. He's done Bill and Ted. I need to watch um, John Wick. I'll be honest with you. We we watched the did we watch the first one? I think we watched the first one. Yeah. And we haven't gotten on onto the others because still more coming in TV series linked to that. That it's just like. I'll get there eventually. All for the dead dog. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Right. Should we crack on with? Um, do you want to do your or do you yeah. want to first? Yeah. I'm quite happy to go first. Go ahead, then, um, big boy. So the first comment, Dale. <laughs> I completely forgotten. It is literally in the opening scene. Yeah. Um, Geffen Company. Whatever happened to them? The, yeah. the company that made the film. I have no idea. Um, love Danny Elfman's score right from the off. Um, how did get how did Keaton get greenlit as Bruce after this? Did, did, so it's chalk and cheese. Well, yeah, but Batman actors have always been like really, haven't they? And they've always yeah. pulled it off and done a fantastic job. Yeah, uh, love Burton's miniature work in the opening credits. Yeah, um, Psycho has a lot to do with the house. As you said, the psycho, the house from Psycho Four was uh, used as in, in part of the show, so that's that's not really a surprise. Um, hate all the Baldwin, so why do I love this? I'm really not a fan of Alec Baldwin at all. Oh, um, 80s haircuts all round. Yeah. Um, completely forgot the people trying to sell the house while they were still alive. That that was a part of the storyline. Yeah. Um, I said she reminds me of Mary Steenburgen. 
So Gina Davis, I thought, very much looks like Doc's Mrs. from Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, love the little old town, very much a Burton Hallmark. Yeah. Obviously, he does that in quite a lot of his films. Edward Scissorhands just comes straight to mind, straight off of that. Yeah. Um, Burton and Dogs, another Hallmark. Obviously, a lot of his films, the lead characters have had dogs or been dogs or... It's um, and then obviously this causes them to die. The dog runs out in front of the car. Uh, very clever, making you think that they're still alive. Yeah. When they turn back up at the house. Six cents. Um, oh, the effects don't hold up. Um, I didn't. Once they started going into the the weird after afterlife bit, I didn't think they were particularly great. Oh. Um, ah, the handbook now available at Universal Studios. Oh, is he? Um, yeah, you can buy it in the shop. <laughs> oh, my. Um, love that we don't see him straight away. Yeah. That we just kind of hear him and see the back of him. Catherine O'Hara was quite tasty. Um, went on to play Sally in Nightmare Before Christmas and the Mum in Frankenweenie. So she worked with Tim Burton quite a lot. Yeah. Um, I thought the effects were very Tales from the Crypt. Like a lot of the, the weird characters look like the guy that used to present it, the, you know, the skeleton. Yeah. Um, then I wrote green screen stuff is really hokey. It, once they got into that with the, the, the worm and everything. Oh, yeah, that bit, uh, that was the weakest bit yeah. of the film, but. Yeah. I, I and give that's it actually a pass. what I wrote. Yeah, that's what I wrote next. Sandworm stop motion stuff would feel more at home in the 1950s or 60s. Yeah. Um, obviously, Renona Ryder has real ties with Halloween Horror Nights with this, and obviously, Stranger Things being a major part over the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, gloves as a hairband. Um, Catherine O'Hara's character was wearing gloves to hold her hair in place oh. at one stage, which I thought was really bizarre. Um, never really understood the different name. Surely the film should have been called Beetle Guys. Yeah, I don't get that. Because they never, they never call him Beetlejuice. Uh, Every everything that is written is Beetle Guys. So it's a little bit. It's um, not explained. Strange. Is it? No. Can we have a Halloween Horror Nights ad like BJ's? Yeah. I, I love that advert that he does. I think that's great. If we, if someone could get Michael Keaton to do that. For Halloween Horror Nights. Um, can't have too much Elfman. The score just gets better and better as the film goes on. Yeah. Um, my faith scene is in the waiting room. Yeah. I think that's brilliant when they're all sitting around in the waiting room. Um, very much feels like this was an influence on Men in Black. Yeah, yeah. I felt like a lot of the aliens in Men in Black were similar to those characters that are in, in the waiting room. Um then and now the comedy arrives so it started getting funny at that point to start with i didn't it wasn't a particularly comedy film but once yeah. they got into that waiting room it became hilarious um oh how great this would have been as a house oh. so when once they get into like the the building once they get into their meeting and and stuff um again another actress that was in more films with Tim Burton, uh, the woman that played Juno, um, was in Mars Attacks. Okay. 
um, and she died two years after she filmed that role. Oh. Um, so that was actually her last last role was working with with Tim Burton on on Mars Attacks. Um, more great miniature work. Um, how did Universal come up with a musical Beetlejuice show from this film? It makes absolutely no sense. It doesn't, but it's also one of my favourite things. Yeah. I used to love going to see that every year. We went, we went all the time as well. Yeah. And we were absolutely gutted when they closed it down. I'm sure they'd bring you um, back in a heartbeat with what they've got there now. Yeah. <laughs> they should. Um, such an engaging script. Doesn't matter about the uh, uh, special effects and the cast are superb. Um, then I noted cheated ghosts again. We talked about the cheated ghosts over on our Patreon show. Yeah, we um, did, yeah. Uh, in that Disney film. I can't remember what it was called. It was that one that was based the, in the... The racist... The racist one, yeah. Racist ghosts yeah. of Buckley Hall. Yeah. Um, then I wrote, Winona Ryder was strange. Not sure who was the weirdest in the relationship, her or Johnny Depp. Um, take the perm from, um, hate the perm from Gina Davis. My God, why did her career not blow up? I think she's really good in this. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah. Um, weirdly, my wife's family lives in Connecticut, oh. which is where the film's based. Um, the graveyard set is a beaut. I yeah. love that on the like the astroturf Lego type, yeah, um, floor and everything. Um, only bit in the film, uh, only bit from the film in the show is the coffin. There's literally nothing else in the in the musical show that related to the film other than this coffin that he comes <laughs> out of. Um, oh, so Keaton is superb and created a long-lasting character. Yeah. Just purely horrifying. And he really is. There there is bits where he is so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. It's unreal. Yeah. Um wearing the same clothes, classic, when he he changes into what they're wearing. Yeah. It is brilliant. Um feel the need to watch more Keaton films. Um the Beetlejuice is in in the parks need to be more abusive. He's not abusive enough. Nowhere near. Could you um, imagine? Yeah. All the Dietz friends are all yuppies. Yeah. Um, Deo is one of the best scenes in, in a film ever. Um, what happened to Burton? Did he, did he believe in his own hype? Did he write for just one person later in his career? Which is clear he does. He writes for Johnny Depp and no one else. Um, his career did take a massive nosedive, despite the fact that I enjoy some of his later films. Um, they aren't anywhere near as good as his ones from the 80s and the 90s, in my opinion. Um, I even wrote Very Little Keaton, Bride of Frankenstein-like, um, because he isn't really in it a lot. Yeah. Um, I also wrote Winona Ryder as probably the weak link in this film. Oh. I think she's probably the weakest weakest actor in the film. I, I don't think she sells the character very well at all. Um, I then wrote, Beetle Snake works better than the Sunworm. Yeah. Um, I think that came across much better. Um, I wrote, if Dante was, was in the house at Halloween Horror Nights, I would have an erection for weeks. <laughs> um, the pointy face thing is creepy. 
Yeah. So when they, they do the weird thing with their face where they pull pull their nose out and um, I then wrote the name scene is uh, uh, Michael Keaton at his best when he makes him say it. Yeah. Um, this is just a good fun ride. Um, no life or death matters. Um, just a proper movie that keeps your attention. Um, the suit doesn't appear right until the end. He doesn't wear the, the black and white striped suit until the end of the film. Okay. Wearing something different throughout the whole film. Yet that's the one that he's recognized for wearing. Yeah. Um, what an epic uh, set piece fairground Beetlejuice would have been. So well, when, okay. when he starts doing the, the weird, weird things at the end, um, still think the red suit is more iconic than the black and white. So when he's got the, the red velvet suit and the, the frilly shirt on, I like that, but I think that's a far better costume than the black and white one. Um, the vicar is like a squished little green man. So when they're getting married, he looks like a little green alien. Um, why did Alec Baldwin become such an annoying dick? <laughs> um, such a sweet ending. Burton's best. Do I need a sequel? No. Do I want a sequel? Yes. Eight and a half out of ten. Ooh. Drops the mic, walks away. Yeah. Eight and a half out of ten. Right. Well, before my um, feedback, I am going to read out... Well, I'm just going to highlight Chris's, uh, our sponsor, obviously. So the Halloween Horror Night Guide Unofficial. Um, the Story and Guide 2020 is out now. The links that Chris would like you to use are in the show notes for this episode. For the USA and the UK um, sites for Amazon. And you can currently get in the UK uh, an, an example of the price. Paperback, fourteen twenty eight. And that's delivered at no extra cost for Prime members, if you're a Prime member. And if you're cheeky, you can get it on Kindle edition for £4.53. So I would imagine the, the American version will be something very similar, obviously, but it'll just be converted. I will go on and find the prices out. I just haven't this time. Yeah. I'll read them out next we'll time. Do, we'll do the US listeners next time. Yes, but... For £4.53, it's an absolute steal. But for the, the, the completists who've got the, the bootcase behind, fourteen twenty-eight. So have a look in the show notes for this episode. Click. Um, Chris also likes it when you get a book. Take a photo of it, share it with him. Yeah. And you of know. course, he has multiple other books as well, which are all great reads. Yeah. That will be in there as well. We'll highlight... Um, a different book on each episode. So, back to the job at hand. Beetlejuice. The movie. The movie. I haven't watched this this century. Uh, I'm worried the hype will leave me underwhelmed. Uh, was the whole intro models? Question mark. Or just the house? Question mark. <laughs> Um, obviously that's the, the zooming in thing um, tapes simpler times Kerry's dad had that Volvo <laughs> uh, no time wasted but I don't remember that death 
I thought the bridge collapsed. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little bit of a weak one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not what you expect from a film like that. Bo, do you remember the film The Money Pit? Yes. Doesn't something similar happen on there where the bridge does collapse? Yeah, I think the, there's a hole in the middle of the bridge, isn't there? So maybe that's where I was getting the two of them confused. It might be. It does look very similar. And of course, that was a, I think that was a Universal movie, was it? Oh, you're asking the wrong fella there. I can't remember. It's Tom Hanks, isn't it? That's in, in I that. I think I'm so, sure yeah. Yeah. Need me and his um, photographic memory. Uh, for, for movie memorabilia. Um, handbook for the recently deceased. This is cool. Was it ever sold? Well, it is now. Um, love the floating sheep, is that? Or sleep? Um, don't know. Uh, Ferris Bueller versus Home Alone versus Stranger Things, I put. Yeah. Um, Othal. Where is he now? So that actor, yeah, what happened to him? Because I can remember him being in a couple of things, yeah, back then. Yeah, there was there were some people that really had solid careers throughout the eighties and nineties, didn't they? And then mm. just kind of disappeared. You know, is he dead? Is he skinny? Is he? You know, what what happened <laughs> to him? I don't know. I'll find out. I'll let Let's you know. Have a then. look. Oh yeah, uh, he he died ten oh. years ago. Oh man, yeah, what he off? was uh, he was fifty eight. Oh, well, there you go. There's your answer. Yeah. Oh, let me just rub my eyeball in. Um, oh, got an itchy eyeball. Oh, that's sad news. But he he continued working up until when he died. Um, he did a lot of voiceover work. Uh, uh did a lot of things like um, DC animated stuff like Teen Titans and Justice League Unlimited, but he was in um, Carnival for a couple of years as well. Oh. Um, so yeah, did he, got a feeling he might have done some voices in um, Nightmare Before Christmas. He was in the video game. Um, but yeah, he, he was in loads of stuff. He was in the animated Mars series, Extreme Ghostbusters, um, he was in a TV show. He was in an animated show called Tattooed Teenage Alien Fighters from Beverly Hills. Oh, that just trips off the tongue, doesn't it? Yep. He, he played the mayor in Nightmare Before Christmas. Joking. <laughs> wow. So another um, one that worked with Tim Burton again. Yeah. The effects are still brilliant. Wow. Even the afterlife is well done. Very well done. Oh, the smoking man and the shrunken head are stunning. Um, time jump is fab. Uh, smoke effect is brilliant. Um, New York skyline is amazing. Blanket ghosts are fantastic. I love them. Uh, Beetlejuice nice intro is boss. Table effect brilliant. All real. Uh, nice fucking model Hong Kong. Um, smoking at the table while eating and then there's a retro can of coke on the table as well so that is alarming to say the least uh, possession is stunning I forgot it existed so that's where the daylight comes and I want to go home and all that Yeah. Uh, tiny beetle juice was boss 
back in the afterlife, is that Roy Orbison behind him? <laughs> I bet it is, but it's probably meant to be. He's literally there. It's Roy fucking Orbison, man. You go when you go back into the afterlife because they're getting it all wrong. Roy Orbison is sitting behind them. Um, Love to check that out. That veranda is stunning. <laughs> so when you've had all the work done, yeah. Um, that Beatle should have been John Lennon. Oh, that's um, when Beetlejuice turns into a Beetle, doesn't he, or something? Yeah. Should have been John Lennon. Um, reanimation, wonderful. It's showtime. Is that Jack on his head? Oh, yeah. Jack the Clown. Did you see Jack the Clown? Yeah. So that that got me going. Um, what a great ending. What a great movie. And that's all I wrote. And I'm the, I'm the same as you. Um, I had trepidation watching this film. Be very much like, um, well, I'd never seen the Bill and Ted's up until recently, but this film I hadn't seen this century. <laughs> I don't think I've seen it for for 25 years, to be honest. And um, I absolutely forgot how amazing it is. It's fantastic, and it just makes you even sadder that we haven't had the house this year. Well, yeah, I should have been in a hotel now. I know this won't date well, but on the night of recording, I'd be in a hotel in London now waiting to fly out to Florida with Nick. Yeah. So, sad times. Sad times. But um, next episode is going to be the next year. Yeah. We've not decided what yet. We're gonna gonna read through the chapter. Yeah, we're gonna have a read yeah. of the chapter. We're gonna see. I mean, I don't even know. I'll be honest with you. Is it Fright Night Two or is it Halloween Horror Nights One? I think it changed to Halloween Horror Nights by that point. I'm not sure, but we'll get there. Yeah, we're gonna read the chapter. We're gonna digest it. We're gonna pick a film. Yeah. Um. I mean, maybe I'm just saying this out loud. If there's a couple of films in there. Maybe we put it on the, the Twitters and let the listener vote. Yeah. Yeah, we can we have a look and see what's, see what's in there. Yeah. Something like that. Bit of interaction. Get your comments yeah. in as well, listener. Yeah. So. And, uh, nice, nice to make a change. We, obviously, we've, been, we've done something similar to what we've been doing previously, but this kind of has a purpose now, rather yeah. than just randomly picking films. Exactly. We can be focused. We're using the yeah. book as the Bible. Yeah. Um, we're going to read a little extract each episode. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to go to a film. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, it was nice. Nice to watch that film again. It's been a been a while for me as well. So. Yeah. Definitely worthwhile. Thank you very much for coming on board with the sponsorship, Mister uh, Ripley. You are yeah. a gentleman. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, you're wonderful. And with that being said, cue the music. Cue the fucking music, lovies. <laughs> cue the fucking music.
keep the Adams family. The house is a museum when people come to see them. They really are the scream, the Adams family.